0: The show where my kids think I've been running a marathon every day this week and that I'll be doing again next week. I'm not in that good shape, but that's very nice of them. Good afternoon, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, and general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here every Thursday at 2 p.m. as I hope to bring you a little entertainment, a little news, and a little relief that the life you are leading is not nearly as wacky as mine. And coming off a three-day trip to Israel, I will tell you, I'm being completely dead serious. Coming to you from the home of the Nahum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side, Despite the uh, extreme weather we've had in the last couple of days, I'm joined by my handy-dandy partner, Rummy Hello, Avram.
1: How's it going?
0: Hey, hey, Proud Papa. What's doing?
1: All's well, thank God. Yeah? I'm tired and uh, whatever, but uh, it's good. It's for good things.
0: Why do I feel like the most sleep you've gotten has been on that megabus?
1: Well, no, I, I'm actually... I'm not doing too bad. Really? I, I'm not doing too bad by way of sleep, honestly. Yeah, I mean... Well, I'm not going to say, because... Whatever. I've had to... like. I don't it just works out that I do okay. I don't know. Really?
0: Is that because Toby's up all night?
1: She, not She's all night. She's amazing. <laughs> well, obviously, but not right. all night.
0: So you're getting some sleep, and the booba is being. Or maybe
1: just even before the baby was here, so we weren't concentrating on the baby necessarily. Oh, but that's the kids good. were always coming in, you know, all night, right? Whatever, and we always like going to sleep late and getting up early. So it's not like we were trying to make ourselves. We weren't so on top of ourselves before, so I don't think it's that much of a difference right now.
0: Okay, so basically no major extremes in sleep deprivation before baby and after birth.
1: I don't think so. Oh. I don't think so. All right, that's not terrible. No, it's been... The only difference is now is that uh, our sleeping arrangement is a little bit different, so it's driving the kids a little bit crazy, but I'm not going to go into details, but it's just it's driving the kids a little crazy.
0: (laughs) Okay, all right. Well, you know what? Crazy kids is just the way I roll, so... uh, Welcome to my world. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. And if you are a returning listener, thanks, as always, for making us part of your day. If Miriam L. Wallach once a week is just not enough for you, do what Sina Eisenman does, or as Nahum refers to her as, Listener Sina. Friend me on Facebook or send me an invite on LinkedIn. You can also shoot me an email, miriam at nahumsegel.com. I will not respond to you during the show. I cannot multitask, but I will respond to you afterwards. Please also follow us on Twitter. All one word. Avram, I want you to see what I have now for my fortune cookies. You know what that is?
1: A uh, box for fortune cookies? Yes, yeah,
0: so you know why? Because somebody gave us shalach and in this. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this box? And I said, oh, I'm going to be using it for the fortune cookies. Because do you know what happened, Avrami, while you were gone?
1: Someone ate them or stepped on them?
0: Uh, No, but there were things on the floor, Avram. And uh, if you remember when <laughs> Dr. Goldberg was here and we had that whole... Um, visitors, from um, unnecessary visitors or unwanted visitors on the uh, visitors on the floor here at the network, um, I decided we needed to box the uh, fortune cookies. It's,
1: it's not a box that screams fortune cookie when you look at it.
0: No, that way, when the creepy crawlies things come in here, they're going to look at this box and say, ain't nothing in there. Maybe photos, no fortune cookies, but this is the sound everyone comes to love. Yep, that's what I'm saying, so let's open it up. Oh, okay, um... Or not open it up. I got a fortune cookie last week. It was empty. I'm like, that's unfortunate. Ah! Baby! Alright, one second. Nobody thought that was funny? Oh, Duke did! Duke is sleep deprived. Also, you will soon be surrounded by good friends and laughter. That's
1: nice. That is very nice. Is I nice. just want to say that I'm sure it's like this in your community and other people's community, but I can only speak for my community. In the past couple of weeks since we've had the baby, like people have been amazing as far as like calling oh. up, seeing if we need help bringing food. Like nice. they bring food. They bring enough food that a week later after they brought you that food, you can have the leftovers of that food. And it's just amazing. And I'm sure it's probably like that in your neighborhood too, right? Everyone's just caring about. It. So I have to just say thank you to nice. our neighbors and neighborhood of Baltimore. I know people from there are tuning in and they're awesome. And, uh, and yeah, so, and I guess to every community, just like when people are giving like that to everyone in this, in these times that are a little bit like stress, but good stress. So it's awesome that uh, we could be there for each other. That's all.
0: You know what? I think that's very nice, but you know what else I think it is from? They're getting rid of your, their hummates in your house. I gotta be honest with you. You're falling for it, but I think that's what's going on. They're making you lasagna and you're like, shoot, I love lasagna. And they're like, great. One less box of pasta in my house. That's all right. But as long as you're happy, I'm happy. Let's take care of some business. Today's national holidays um it is national name tag day i do know i I don't understand but it sort of reminds me i gotta buy camp name tags to start labeling my kids stuff because if you start labeling it now that means camp is around the corner it's national be heard day which um is appropriate for someone like me it's world math day which is not appropriate for someone like me as duke is shaking his head no way no way it's cereal day now that's a shout out to my friend Rabbits and sorry title, bam. Because no nothing makes that person happy like a like a cold like a cup of cold milk and a bowl of cereal. I think she likes fruity pebbles, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, Rami's like, shoot, I like fruity pebbles.
1: I like those without milk. I like the cocoa ones with milk.
0: Really? Because you like it becoming chocolate milk?
1: Yeah, and I don't like <laughs> what the fruity ones do to the milk.
0: Yeah, and how weird. about the fact that um, those are unnatural colors? I have a thing about eating something that is not a natural looking color. They
1: smell really good.
0: <laughs> Did you read that? Nachum and I were just talking about this. Did you read the New York Times article about two weeks ago in the magazine about how um, how chemically altered food is in order to attract the consumer to such an extent that you get such a sense of enjoyment of pleasure like out of a corn chip that it lets you enjoy it to a certain extent but not complete enjoy it totally messes with your mind that you're not completely enjoying it you feel complete satisfaction it makes you wanting more the size of the chip the diet the angle of the- like the whole nine yards did you read this article
1: no but i don't know why if people know about it that that's legal
0: why because not- you're
1: messing with people's heads and everything it works try-
0: with you fruity pebble boy
1: i know and it's okay. not appropriate
0: <laughs> so basically you feel taken
1: <laughs> yes, I don't know.
0: It's like mind
1: control. <laughs>
0: That's right. It's big brother to the nth degree because they're considering how much pleasure and enjoyment you're going to get out of eating that junk food to make sure that it's going to leave you wanting more. Why are you shaking your head?
1: Because I don't like that people are doing that okay, to other so people. Okay, you know what?
0: No more Fruity pills. That's exactly
1: the opposite of the niceness I was talking about before. This is the opposite of that. Okay,
0: you know what? We're going to go on to something else because now cereal day has become a source of contention here at That's Life. Um. This is ironic. It's severe weather preparedness week. Avram, how are you doing with that? I
1: prepared before <laughs> before I left Baltimore. I bought a gallon of milk, a loaf of bread, some diapers, some bologna.
0: Oh, that's nice. You know,
1: I just made sure. Good for you, that's,
0: yeah. Well, I'll tell you at the wallet, because I haven't gotten over Sandy, so there are still yardside candles all over the house. Just they in say case.
1: candles is not the best thing to have.
0: Well, what you do know, you want me to do? Flashlights. Okay, shkayach. But what am I going to do on Shabbos? This is this is what we've been doing before Shabbos is that all the yardside candles are still in tins filled with about a half an inch of water. I refuse to take them out of the bathrooms, and we've been, just in case, we've been lighting them before Shabbos. Not every Shabbos, but in the case of, like, probably this week, in the event of some kind of a weather issue, we've been lighting them before Shabbos. Mm. I'm t- I am can't. I'm just too paranoid. It's like the last time we had a snowstorm, and there were all these announcements. Do not, and there are all these lines for gas again, and everybody's like, and nobody should panic, and somebody posted on Facebook, um, I'm panicking because I've been here before. I'm like, right, I'm panicking also. I
1: I did make sure to get some gas. See? Yeah.
0: you got to be prepared. It's also link. uh, Sorry, it's also Celebrate Your Name Week. All right, I'm not a big fan of my name, but that's all right. It's National Consumer Protection Week, Avram. Now that would be you. (laughs) I knew somehow it was going to be tied to the cereal. Who knew? Uh, It's also National Sleep Awareness Week. Basically, I think this is dedication to Avrami Week. I didn't realize that, but it really is. National Words Matter Week, Professional Pet Sitters Week, Save Your Vision Week. This is also for you, Telecommunicator Appreciation Week.
1: I want to be feeling (laughs) love from everybody (laughs) at the network.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Um, It is Share a Story, Shape a Future Week. It is American Crossword Puzzle Weekend. And it's Universal Women's Week starting tomorrow. I don't know what a universal woman is versus a national woman or a domestic woman, but um, on behalf of women, we say thank you. Anyway, uh, that was all very complicated. Nahum, by the way, thinks that I uh, mentioned too many of these on the
1: air. I heard. Okay. I was tuned in. I heard that he said that. Do you agree? It's not my place to get into in between the general <laughs> manager and the Lord High Commander.
0: <laughs> by the way, that's a good name for him. I call him boss, but I think Lord High Commander works. Uh, well, anyway, Crazy Follows Me Everywhere, and it definitely followed us around in Israel. It started, oh, I can't even tell you, I I can't even tell you where it started, because it seems that the entire trip was a wonderful sense of crazy. It did bring us to Gan Soccer, where after, um, after Yoel Sternman, who is one of the directors of Yahad Israel, finished running his 10K, he showed up back at the booth where we had been broadcasting from and were already off the air. And what did he have? Do you know what he had, Avram? No, he had a goat. So I guess he might have had a food, but he had a goat. And he literally showed up. He is sweating like a crazy man because he just run the 10K. He showed up with a goat that had no that had a rope around his neck. And I looked at him. I'm like, hey, Yoel, where'd you get the goat? Now, let's keep in mind, somebody had already brought a dog to the Team Yachad booth. And it had a T-shirt on it. And we were calling it the Team Yachad dog. But I said, where'd you get the goat? He looks at me and he goes, that's Shariafo. I said, What? And he's like, Shariafo. And he's looking at me like, I'm crazy. Like, of course, Shkaiach, I got the goat at Shariafo. He saw the goat, he took it, and he ran the rest of the 10K with it and then brought it to Gon Soccer. There was a goat. For those of you who don't believe me, you can check on my Facebook page. I did post a picture of Yoel posing with the goat. Now, it just makes us uh, wonder in the Ellie Hagler versus Yoel Sternman competition, is Yoel going to continue to dominate Ellie Hagler in um, in this competition of who did better, Team Yachad Miami or Team Yachad Israel. But um, he gets a lot of points for the GOAT. So that was one bit of craziness. Now, here's the other bit of craziness. On our way back from Israel, I um, settled myself into my seat, getting ready for the long flight back to New York. And my cousin had given me Tylenol PM, which I had never taken before. And he said, take two. I don't know how it's going to affect you, but take two. And you should get a good, you know, probably like six hours of sleep. I'm like, okay, fine. That's half the flight. That sounds great. Whatever. Um, I took it before we began our um, departure. The door was closed on the airplane. I remember that. But before we took off, I was already asleep because those two times PM knocked me out. Now, those of you who know what I look like and know that I'm 5'8 and not a waif would imagine that um, – Two town RPM would not knock me out the way it did, but frankly, you could have probably performed surgery on my arm and I would not have noticed. I was completely unconscious, absolutely completely, co- totally knocked out. Um, I woke up about nine hours later. Forget the six hours. I woke up nine hours later, and ZK, our engineer, Zalman Kopel, um, was sitting next to me, and all of a sudden I look at him out of my exhaustion stupor, and he says to me, you were out. And I said, how much time do do we have left? He's like, about two and a half hours. So I said, two and a half hours? That's crazy. Anyway, I watch a movie, and I never got out of my chair. So here's the lesson, folks. You need to stand up and walk around on a plane. Do you know why, Avram? Because your legs swell to such an extent. That's why they tell you you need to walk around to continue the circulation and improve circulation. I didn't walk around for 12 hours, and my legs were so swollen that I could not get my shoes back on my feet. And I came home. I took two baby aspirin because I had called my doctor and he wanted to make sure I didn't have a clot. I took two baby aspirin and kept my feet up for hours. It basically took me 72 hours to really get my um, to find that I had ankles and not cankles anymore and to be able to get my shoes back on. So that was a little bit of craziness that followed me around. And I knew it was bad when my daughter said to me that my legs looked like I was nine months pregnant. Okay, that was very very flattering. Anyway. You are listening to That's Life on the Nachum Siegel Network. That has been a bunch of an intro, but we must get to our first guest because there is a lot. There, there's there's a tremendous amount of interesting things going on, and some of which refers back to Avrami's hometown of Baltimore, Maryland. We are joined on the phone right now by Randy Bernhardt, who is the area manager at Medieval Times Dinner and Tournament at Arundel Mills, which is near Baltimore. Correct?
2: Correct.
0: Excellent, uh, Randy. Are you uh sorry about? Ba- are you on speaker? Yes, I am. Uh, If you don't mind, we can pick up the phone. It's just uh, the reverberation in the background is a little bit hard. All right, no problem. Excellent. Thank you. Randy has been with Medieval Times for 23 years. He began his career at the Castle in New Jersey. He started as a squire, worked his way up through the various showcast positions, and became show manager in 1992. He then transferred to help the Maryland Castle in 2003 as a show manager. He performed for another seven years at the Maryland Castle, and in 2010, Made a move to run the food and beverage department. Now, Randy, many people listening to us right now are like listening and saying, okay, what does that have to do with the Jewish radio show? But what's been the big announcement, Randy?
3: We also serve kosher meals.
0: That is a huge deal. That is a huge deal. Now, I'm telling you something, Randy. People are, people are cheering at home right now. People who did not know and didn't see it on Facebook are cheering at home because it's something I've been wanting to do since I'm a kid.
3: Well, as, as far back as I remember, we've always, I mean, uh, food-wise, they've, the, the company is always trying to go out of its way to cater to everyone, uh, any type of food allergies or anything like that. And as far back as I remember, we've always had the kosher meals.
0: Well, I don't know why I didn't know about it, that's for sure. But but it seems to be a late-breaking kind of exciting piece of news that came out a couple of weeks ago, I think about a month ago at this point, but if it, was, if it was something that was readily available before, I'll tell you, I didn't know about it, but I'm happy to know about it now. Mm, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> it, it certainly is great. So for people who aren't aware or they aren't familiar with medieval times, can you give everybody a quick like you know synopsis of what goes on at these dinner and tournament shows?
3: Well, our location here in Maryland, uh, we have a 1,000-seat arena. Um, it's oval-shaped, uh, bleacher-style seating. You have a long table. Each individual, each person has individual chairs, but there's a long table in front of you. And uh, what happens is um, you, there are six colored sections around the arena. So if you're in the green section, you're cheering for the green knight. If you're in the red section, you cheer for the red knight.
0: That's awesome.
3: Uh, <laughs> six knights compete against each other in a full tournament of games and a jousting tournament with sword fighting the whole bit.
0: That's un. Believable. Tell me something. Um, how long does the show go on for? I mean, what is the length of actually every dinner program?
3: The show is approximately two hours long.
0: It's two hours long, and does it start with like revelers? And I mean, I'm just trying to get how much into the uh, the medieval times a person who goes for dinner really feels.
3: Well, we open the doors an hour and a half ahead of time before the show. Okay. And uh, because it takes about an hour and a half to process a thousand people through the seating area, right? Uh, and what what'll happen is once your tickets are all set up and everything, you'll come to the seating desk. You'll receive your seating cards. That is that'll tell you what section you're in, what table you're at, and um, you make your way through the photo tower where you'll be greeted by the, his uh, His Majesty the King, King Carlos,
0: King or Carlos. his daughter,
3: King Carlos, or his daughter, Princess Catalina. Awesome. You'll have your photograph taken with them. Really? And then yes. And then you make your way into the Hall of Arms, which is a a large bar area. Uh, There's gift shops. There's a museum that has a dungeon in it. Um, That's great. There's knighting ceremonies going on where His Majesty will actually knight people for their birthday. That could all be set up. You know, any type of, like, if anybody has any type of birthday things, birthday announcements, or they want to get birthday cake, they can all do that. They can set all that up in the Hall of Arms so that will be brought to their table later during the show.
0: How many people get engaged at Medieval Times?
3: We've had a few, yeah? actually. Yeah, we've had a few engagements gone. That would I mean, totally I,
0: make it to Facebook. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I, was at, I was at the New Jersey, New Jersey location for 12 years, and we had, we had tons of them up there.
0: Wow, that's unbelievably cool. All of the locations offer kosher food, or just the one near Baltimore?
3: As far as I know, we all, we all, all locations offer it. I would have to check on that, though.
0: And, and um, the supervision, the rabbinic supervision that is offered on these double-wrapped meals is from the Orthodox Union? Yes it is. That's that's incredible. It's really I have to tell you as a person who's traveled and taken kids to different places the the um restrictions on being able to participate in different events as a as an orthodox Jew as somebody who keeps kosher strictly you know takes away a little bit sometimes from the interaction whether it's going to Disney or whatever. Now that Disney World um in in Florida has so many kosher options. It has really allowed each participant to readily avail, to, to more easily interact and be part of all the excitement. So I have to imagine that the kosher participate, the participation, I should say, of the people who keep kosher strictly, um, is really going to be heightened because you're no longer bringing your double, you know, your own sandwich in your pocket. You're really part of the event.
3: Okay. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you can take my word for it. So tell me what else goes on after they go through the dungeon and they, the museum and the, uh, what else goes on.
3: Uh, what happens is uh, once once the, the showtime is getting closer, the master of ceremonies, the Lord Chancellor to his majesty the king will make his way up to the top balcony and begins opening ceremonies. Everybody is called to their tables by the colors of their crowns. Uh, like I said before, you sit in a colored section. If you're if if you're in the green section, you'll be wearing a green crown. Everybody gets crowns. Okay. So you'll see a multitude of colors going through the That's the hall great. of arms. Uh, but uh, and then once you get to your seats, then all the servants, the wenches and the serfs, will introduce themselves. They'll do their little beginning speeches on what what they will be serving, what you know, gift shop does, photo does, all that sort of thing, and then. Uh, the show begins. You know, we, we do a little voiceover about uh, the connection between a knight and his horse, and we actually have what we call a liberty horse that comes out all on its own, a white Andalusian stallion wow. that just comes out to the music, and, you know, our trainer's are already out in the sand, and how the horse will walk up to him and runs around and, you know, comes back to him and everything. So
0: That's really that's really exciting. Tell me, How does somebody go ahead and order a kosher meal?
3: When you make reservations – uh, which can be done online or by calling our national call center uh, if you if you do it online, it would be medieval times if you go through the national call center, it would be one eight 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 we joust and uh, they'll take all your information. You can pay for your tickets in advance the whole bit. Uh, but if you, there's any type of food concerns, definitely ahead of time say that yes, you know, especially if it's a kosher meal because when we order when I order the kosher meals uh they're actually a, it's a, it's a special order so it does take a while to get them into the building so if if this is going to explode so to speak you know if we get, if we get more of the Jewish community to come that will be interested in I'm going to have to stock up a little bit <laughs> <laughs> you're
0: going to have to start eating matzah is what I think is going to start happening Randy
3: the- I I I eat everything I taste everything in the kitchen Really? Yeah even even like uh, even the vegetarian meals, even though I really don't like broccoli too much, but I'll I'll, I'll taste it just for the texture and everything because you know it's it's the the food most of the time if you go to a what we call a dinner entertainment like a, a dinner theater or something like that it's more or less buffet food it's not really uh, it's stuff that's made easily by mass volume okay now granted our food is made mass volume but every tray is looked at I mean our regular our regular menu is uh, half of a roasted chicken. It's a pork spare rib, half of a baked potato, oh my word. and that's per person.
0: Wow, that really is medieval times, by the way.
3: Yeah.
0: The only thing you need now is a big drumstick.
3: No, 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 that's, that's the Renaissance Fair. They oh, the my bad. turkey legs there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my bad. So just, all right, so let's take a step back because I'm totally fascinated by the fact that you taste all the food before it comes out. How does the kosher food fare, no pun intended, how does it fare in comparison to the other food that's being offered? Oh, I hate to
3: say it. it it's it, it's well to me. It's like a it's it's a little bit like a TV dinner.
0: Okay, it's like an airline meal. All right. Yeah,
3: an airline meal. I, my marketing manager actually met, said that earlier today.
0: Oh, really? You know what? I have to tell you something very honestly. That wouldn't bother me in the least bit. That's what I get in Disney, and I'm just happy to have kosher food that's hot that I didn't have to you know sneak in in my pocketbook. That mm-hmm. it does. It wouldn't bother me in the least bit. There's something about um, just being able to participate like everyone else that is really. That's really quite exciting,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so uh, yeah, so that's that's great now, of course, I'm going to be a good Jewish mother and just ask, are there choices for the me- for the kosher menu, or is there just one option?
3: For our location, we just do one option because we got so we haven't we don't do that many of them honestly, uh, every well, let's try and
0: change that well,
3: yeah. well, hopefully, hopefully we will change that. yeah you know.
0: what about the but other locations?
3: Right, I don't know about the other locations. Okay. You know, I believe I'm New Jersey probably does a little more than us um, for the Jewish community. I know I know it's a much larger Jewish community in North Jersey than than around by me where I am now.
0: Right. Got it. uh, We
3: do we do a Salisbury steak, uh, which has mashed potatoes and chives, and then it's uh, peas and carrots.
0: Well, I want you to know my engineer right now is nodding in affirmation. He lives near Baltimore. He's very excited about the medieval times. And um, and when we, when you were going over the mini, he's like, "All right, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good." Is there a, I know that the the, the non kosher option, uh, the non kosher menu includes includes a braided apple strudel. Is there dessert with the kosher menu? I'm asking for him, of course, you know.
3: Not not yet. I'd have to look into that.
0: Okay, so we can't order a kosher birthday cake just yet. No, not yet. All right, but where? Uh, one second. What do you want to know? What? Oh, he wants to know if he can bring his own. Sure. Oh. Yeah, we
3: have, we have no problems Because, I mean, like I said, the company, we try to cater to everyone's right. food needs. But there, there's some combinations. We just don't have the, 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 the facility for it, right. so to speak. Right, You know, well, we can do everything from making a completely plain meal, cook it completely separately from everything else in case. The, like uh, this Sunday, I have a, a very, I have I guess that it's coming with a, a pepper allergy. Really? We have pepper on everything, so, I mean, I have to keep it completely separate. Do it only, I'm going to do it on the other side of the room, so to speak.
0: Wow. You know? Wow, that is complicated. That is very complicated. Well, Randy, I thank you so much for your time. Again, we have Randy Bernhardt. He is the manager of the Food and Beverage Department for Medieval Times Dinner and Tournament at Arundel Mills in Maryland. You can buy your tickets at MedievalTimes.com, One eight eight eight. We Joust, J-O-U-S-T, and make sure that when you buy your tickets and you order your meal, you specify that you are looking for the kosher menu option. That's it. All right, wonderful. Randy, thanks so much for your time.
3: Not a problem. Good talking to you.
0: Thanks. Much luck. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to That's Life on the Nachum Siegel Network, and I am joined by my next guest who has a stocked afternoon uh, coming from Yeshiva University, Ellie Hagler, our host, of the OU presents the Jewish reaction and pre- the pre- the presenter I should say of the first hour of live programming we have from Yeshiva University starting this afternoon at 5 p.m. Hello Ellie.
4: Hi Miriam, how are you?
0: I thank God I'm doing well. Ellie, you know you know that we have another competition coming up this afternoon, correct?
4: That is
2: correct.
0: Yes, we have a Papa shot competition that's going on simultaneously with the Sarachek tournament taking place at Yeshiva University. And um, just so that our listeners understand, are you fully aware of all the details of the uh, of the contest?
4: I am pretty sure that I am. Yes.
0: All right. So let's go. Let's let's uh, let's update everybody so that they know what to listen to later.
4: So tomorrow uh, Thursday night, uh, starting at five o'clock, with my show, the OU presents the Jewish Reaction. We'll be doing live from Yeshiva University with a Papa shot, the game, the arcade game, with uh, where you just shoot the basketballs back and forth. We'll have a line of people ready to go, and the highest score. From every hour of programming, we'll win a $150 gift certificate from our friends at Adorama. And then after we have three winners, those three people will have the option of taking a half-court shot in between some of the check games. For a chance to trade that one hundred and fifty dollars gift card in for five hundred dollars,
0: right? For double or nothing, not five hundred. For double or nothing, we're going to go.
4: Okay, almost double or nothing.
0: Exactly. Ellie's actually coughing up the extra two hundred bucks to make the difference between the three and the five. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't you, Ellie? Um, That's yes. It's actually a very exciting opportunity. What? Math. Yeah, something Ellie's not good at is math. (laughs)
4: Uh, I am very good at math. Um, for... I, don't, I don't want to brag on the radio. Oh but no, this you is wouldn't want to. claim to fame here it is. This is my real claim to fame. You
0: would not want to brag my, on the radio. That's so sister, unlike you.
4: Yes. I'm a th- I, as you know, I'm a twin. Right. My twin sister is a math teacher at Eck North High School.
0: I want to have one her one of the on.
4: 100 best high schools in the country. Okay. She has her master's degree in math education, and she is halfway to her doctorate in mathematics. And I scored better than she did on the SAT section of math.
0: Are you serious?
4: I scored a 740, which puts me in the 98th percentile.
0: You scored a 740 in math. What was it the other in the English? Three twenty? What? It
4: it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. I don't speak English so good, (laughs) (laughs) but I can do the math.
0: Oh, a 740. That's pretty good, Ellie.
4: That's how I roll. That's right.
0: Unbelievable. We don't want to talk about the. You, oh, of course, by the way, you would appreciate the fact that I did much better in English than I did in, in uh, the math.
4: I have no doubt yeah, about that.
0: Exactly, because I still think that 2 plus 2 is 5. But, um, it is? is it not? It's not. Only when you count with the wrong hand.
4: Uh, I'm a lefty, so I mess that up all the time.
0: My answer to everything is carry the 1, and my kids look at me like, I don't even know what that means, Mommy. <laughs> you don't do math that way anymore. There's no carrying of 1s. They're, they're counting up. They're doing weird things. Um, but either way, yeah, the half-court shot is going to be very excited. It's going to be actually during the fourth episode. Hour of programming, which people expect to be Michael Fragan, but it's not. This week, Nachum is having an extended Thursday night extravaganza from seven to nine, which is a huge deal. So from five to six, we have Ellie's Papa Shot tournament. Seven to uh, six to seven, we have Daniel Gordon hosting the stunt show. Of course, this would be a stunt that Gordon would be involved in. So six to seven, we have his Papa Shot. Seven to eight, we have the first hour of Nachum with his Papa Shot, and then between eight and nine. Somewhere in the Maxstone Athletic Center, there will be a half court shot made. I imagine it will be on the court that was that was pretty obvious um there will be a half court shot made for double or nothing, thanks to our friends at Adamm are you going to give this um who's what's a papa shot uh, Rummy wants to know what a papa shot is Ellie
4: the arcade game that they have you know at Dave and Buster's and all those kind of places. <laughs>
2: Shoot
0: who. <laughs> you should he just he just lit up and he goes, Oh, I love that game. Right. Okay. <laughs> now I want I want everyone to know I want everyone to know because you're you, you would not expect this expect this in the least bit. when I brought this up with Ellie the first time, his response was, I'm awesome at Papa Shot.
4: <laughs> I am awesome at Papa
0: Shot. <laughs> i can't i can't take you seriously it's so hard it's <laughs> so hard so um part of this part of this discussion by the way is to make sure that people know that there are things that ellie is not good at ellie name me 3 things right now that you are not good at
4: okay i am not good at tennis oh but i am very good at table tennis i was
0: about to say here we go there's going to be a table tennis does everyone know um that the other day when ellie showed up to the james and AM marathon and he came into the call room and I introduced everyone to Ellie Hagler, immediately somebody said, hey, you're the guy who lost to that 11-year-old girl in Big
4: Yeah, it gets better than that. Miriam, I was in Miami for Purim a few weeks ago with my wife and daughter, and we were in the pool, and we were talking about the radio show, and some lady overheard us and said, oh, my God, I saw that. (laughs) And I have no idea who this lady is.
0: Yeah, welcome to the world, my friend. The Jewish world is very small, even at the pool. In Miami. So, yeah, so she watched you getting uh, killed on Ustream. I, I, I would
4: not say I got killed. I lost the last game 11-7. to seven.
0: Right. What about the first two games, buddy? Whatever. Okay, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Exactly.
4: The first one was a warm-up. The second <laughs> one didn't really count. And the third one is what mattered.
0: Yes, but I thought that your the third one does that matter. That's sweet. But I thought your answer to this woman in the call room at the a Marathon was fantastic because what did you say after she said, oh, you lost to that 11-year girl You said, no, I came in second.
4: I did come in second. I... First is the worst. Second is the best. You don't <laughs> want to win these things.
0: You are not only a very talented radio host and very good at uh, your job at Yachad, but you seem to also be a phenomenal spin doctor somehow or another. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you managed to make this into a positive experience, but we were all proud of you for this event. Now let me ask you about tonight's event. If well, you got
4: to tell you the three things I'm not good at.
0: Oh right, right, right. Sorry, my bad. Go.
4: So the first one was tennis. Right. The second one is baking. I'm a terrible baker.
0: I know why. Because there's no way you just dedicate yourself to baking. You're either on the phone or doing 10 other things and you're not concentrated.
4: That could be no, but I happen to be, I think, a very good cook.
0: Okay, because that is something totally different. It's a different skill. Baking is a science.
4: My wife loves baking because it's a science. You have to measure everything out exactly. I don't do that. I make it up as I go.
0: That's what I'm saying. Okay, and what's number three?
4: I'm trying to. Number three is (laughs) tough.
0: Ellie, only you would actually be on the air and say there are only two things I'm bad at. But I appreciate that. Now, let me ask. Okay, I'm going to give you some time. I'll to-
4: announce number three later tonight on the OU Presents the Jewish Reaction with Ellie Haggard. And
0: I'm going to be there, and I cannot wait to see you. That gives
4: me a few hours to think of
2: something. Yeah,
0: you have some, um, we're buying you some time. Now, let's, let's ask the most important question of the, of, the ev- of the event. I almost said evening and event at the same time. Who would win in a Papa Shot competition, you or Gordon? Me. Stop it. This no, ridiculous. no doubt. Why? By the way, it's a double a shot.
4: Of course, right. Well, t- t- two reasons. Number one, actually, I think we're both left-handed, so that doesn't really matter. Rummy just, Rummy just said, said he would win. He's awesome. Rummy just said that Gordon would win or Rummy would win.
0: That he would win.
4: I'll take him down in a heartbeat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ellie Hagler, it is absolutely unbelievable that there is. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. You really talk a good game.
4: There, there are two things that I've learned from growing up. Oh, brother. Number one is that you always want to win. Oh,
0: okay? That's, that's number
4: one.
2: That's number one. And if you deep.
4: win, that leads me to number two, which is one of my most favorite quotes, which comes from the movie Mighty Ducks, which is, <laughs> it's not worth winning if you can't win big. You don't want to just win. You want to destroy your opponent.
0: Oh, ask us Ackerman. She knows That's all true. about it.
4: <laughs> she must be a fan of, you know, the Mighty, Mighty Ducks, Ducks and yeah. the, the Hawks from that movie.
0: Yeah, by the way, there's no way that she knows what the Mighty Ducks are because it definitely came out after she was, was born. He was
4: born 10 years after it came out, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> She's my,
0: 11. Ellie Hagler, <laughs> I'm feeling the need to open a fortune cookie for you. I, I'm going to break the rule and I'm going to open a fortune cookie on your behalf simply because um I think, I think you are fortune cookie worthy right now because you are just Thank talking you. such trash. It's ridiculous. Here we go. You are. Oh, this is not for you. This is the funniest thing. You are open-minded and quick to make new friends. I, no. I am
4: open-minded, and I am very quick to make new friends. That I you, love making new friends.
0: That you say you can beat um, doing whatever you're doing. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. All right, Ellie Hagler, I look forward to seeing you later. Everyone must make sure to tune in between 5 and 9 with our live programming from Yeshiva University. Um, it wouldn't be a stunt without the stunt show, and it wouldn't be a crazy event without Ellie Hagler. I think that's our new uh, motto.
4: That. It's going to be a ton of fun, and just a little preview for my show. I'm going to be joined uh, on air live by somebody, a representative from the Office of Admissions at UCB University who puts on Sarah Check,
0: Heidi Fuchs, also,
4: right? I'm sorry?
0: Heidi Fuchs.
4: Yes, with Heidi Fuchs.
0: Love Heidi And then Fuchs. I'm also
4: going to be joined by Rabbi Ellie Storch, who's the athletic director at DRS in Woodmere, where I went to high school, and a few of their players as they're going to be playing the 5.30 game.
0: You might want to. So they're think-
4: going to join me at the beginning of the show to talk some trash about other schools. As a DRS alum, <laughs> we're going to take you down to Sarashek. You heard it here first. <laughs> you
0: might want to confer with Rabbi Storch. I'm sure he has a couple of things that you aren't good at that he could share on the air.
4: Oh, that you know, he can definitely tell you a few things I'm not good at. <laughs> oh,
0: you know what else, by the way? I think we should have on your dad.
4: I asked my dad. He, he was going to come, but he's got a wedding tonight, so he's out.
0: I don't know what wedding is going on tonight, but there are so many people who have this major – there are a couple of weddings going on tonight. So many people are uh, – people we've spoken to, oh, I can't make it, I have a wedding, I have a wedding. It's either going to be the wedding of the century that everyone's at, that it's like at, I don't know, the garden, or there are Can really – Can I give
4: a shout-out and a mazel tov for the wedding? Sure. It'll be uh, the wedding of Barry Klein from uh, Lawrence, New York.
0: Okay, so that's the same one that, that – uh, all right, that it's all the same one. Right, and Daniela Schwartz, Danielle Schwartz. Yes. Yep, she's a former student of mine, because right now I feel like I'm a thousand. Anyway, Ellie, I That's
4: will... That's not a feeling, Miriam, but we'll see you later. Oh! I, <laughs> I just had believe... to get that in. I
0: can't believe you just... Oh, my God. I can't believe you just said that. Now, I'm really looking forward to seeing you later. Ellie Hagler, <laughs> thanks for joining me.
4: You got it. Thanks, Miriam.
0: You're listening to That's Life on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am Miriam L. Wallach, still here on the Lower East Side. And I am joined by my third and final guest, Rabbi Joshua Fass, or Yoshua Fass, as some know him, founder and executive director of Nefesh Benefesh, joins me on the air from Jerusalem, who uh, I think is boarding a plane pretty soon, correct?
5: I'm leaving Mosei
0: Shabbat. Oh, you're leaving Mosei Shabbat. Well, thank you for joining me on the yeah. air.
5: My pleasure, Maria.
0: Um, We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, but specifically the Aliyah Mega Events, that um, one already took place. You had one in Toronto, you had in Montreal, and we have the New York one coming up this Sunday, March 10th.
5: Correct. The the New York Mega on Sunday is going to be the largest of this entire week. We started, as you said, Toronto, Montreal, Baltimore, Washington. We end up on Sunday. Not only is the biggest of the week's mega events, but it is going to turn out to be the largest of all of our Aliyah mega events of the last 11 years. Wow. So we're very excited about it. We're expecting over a 1,000 participants, wow. which is it's a huge number of prospective Olim. And if you think about that, these are primaries and, and reflect or basically translates into thousands of individuals, if you're counting their children and families and the friends who are coming with them. So we're very excited about the potential of this Sunday's event.
0: Tell me what makes this mega event bigger um, than other events that you held in the past.
5: Well, when you come to a regular event, uh, usually there's a focus of one or two different seminars. Um, Either it's a macro presentation about Aliyah or a micro element of the Tachvah steps of of facilitating an individual's Aliyah. When you have a mega event, we're talking about one in New York, over 30 different seminars. Um, We have every hour around four simultaneous seminars, and they range from every single topic because we're bringing in all of our experts experts in-house and staff, and also experts that we use to outsource different aspects of the Aliyah um, experience. So an individual can come, and in, in a certain hour at 1 o'clock, he can be looking at uh, employment possibilities and understanding taxes and rights and benefits, wow. or understanding uh, the Army. And every hour by hour, we have a, such a diversity of different seminars. In addition to that, we have experts that we bring in, and we have a fair, an Aliyah Fair that goes on for hours. And a person can come in and learn the shipping, and learn about uh, just taxes and accounting, and learn about appliances. And we have different mayors and representatives of different municipalities that are coming as well to share the vision of their community and also express their, their, their desire to have an attractive limb to come by them.
0: Are there people who... So Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah, go on. i no, I was going to ask you: Are there people who come to these events who are still really on the fence, or there are people who are coming who are saying, you know, this is a decision we we've, we've made. Um, we're excited about it. Now let's talk practical.
5: Uh, well, there uh, are those two and three. There are individuals who are coming and they want to go to all the seminars that are really practical. Talk they want it, they're making aliyah this summer. There are individuals who need to build their aliyah confidence. They're they're very. They want to, but they're concerned, and they have real questions that need to be answered. And they're coming and they're going to the seminars or having one-on-one with some of the staff, with the Jewish agency, with the different representatives of the municipalities, and they're trying to come to gain information, gain guidance, and support in making the decision. And then there are some who are coming to support and the children or sisters or brothers who are making Aliyah, and they're coming to share the experience and to see what it's all about. And they might be coming in a couple of years from now for the more tactless, facilitative nature of the, of, the, of the event. But there are a lot of individuals, and we have to cater to all those different you know, audiences.
0: Nachum and I were very um, shocked or struck last week by the number of teens who seemed to have made Aliyah all on their own. And I remember my year in Israel, one of my best friends uh, came to me for Shabbos while I was in seminary and said to me, I'm not going back. I'm like, you're not going back to Midrashat? Like, what does that mean? And so she's, I'm like, you're not going back Saturday night? You're going back Sunday morning? She said, no, no, no. I'm not. <laughs> she said, I'm not going back to New York. And I said, I don't even understand what you're saying. And she never left. She went to Madrasha. She finished. She went to nursing school. She married her husband. And they've been in Ramat Chemish ever since. And uh, I, I think that Nahum and I both looked at each other a number of times while we were in Jerusalem last week. Doing these events, meeting another 17-year-old, another 18-year-old. Are there teens who are coming on Sunday with? I, I presume and I hope their parents' blessing. They're coming with their parents because they're ready to go as well.
5: Absolutely, and there's uh, going to be a couple of sessions of, of college and campus information. Not only that, but also army information. We have individuals who are want to make Aliyah, and if they after making Aliyah, they have to join the army and parents want to know what their children have to go through, and these young adults also want to know what they have, what's in store for them. We also have represent, representatives of the Israeli Army as well coming to help and give information. One of the most inspiring things that happened over this year is that we were given the responsibility of expanding our lone soldier program, which helps around 300 to 400 lone soldiers every year that come from North America and Britain to international expansion. And we're in touch every year with a 1,000-plus lone soldiers, teenagers, 18, 19-year-olds who leave their family from around the world and out of Zionism and just to commit to Israel, they move on their own and, and they join the army and they build their lives here. And it's it's most inspiring mm. exposure. It's the most inspiring experience to talk to individuals from Brazil, from France, from South Africa, it, it, from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. All these <laughs> kids from such different backgrounds, but they come together with this common denominator, this common passion of idealism of coming to build Israel. And it's so humbling and it's so inspiring.
0: Are there people who come to these events and want to know how they can make Ali out without going through the army before the age of 26?
5: I've been watching no information, absolutely. And, and we'll give them the information.
0: There's, um, there, there was somebody on a birthright trip that I led last year who was ready never to leave. He just, he was ready yeah. to quit his job and uh, he was ready, ready, ready at that moment Never, never to go back to Baltimore. And uh, in doing research, he, you know, with um, ver- with nefesh ben nefesh, etc., and and um, various other outlets that he was looking at, I guess online, he found out that he couldn't make Aliyah at the age of twenty five without serving. And uh, right. It, and right, and I and doing a little research on my own, I found out that that was correct. And so now he's waited to go until he's twenty six. And somebody said right. to him, and somebody said to him, listen, it's a great Unifier to be, to be an Ola who has gone through the army. When you then live amongst Israelis, you have served as well and you are automatically one of them.
5: That would be a great unifier, and you, know, you really hit on target. But also, it allows individuals, if they're extremely talented in certain fields, to be connected to what's going to allow them to enhance those talents. Um, if that's in, in tech or you know, high tech or computers, information, and, and we help make that you know matchmaking between those, those superb individuals with with different army units as well in the army
0: what's the um biggest misconception people have about making Aliyah?
5: That's a great question <laughs> there's I would say there's an overall fear of the unknown okay. uh, and there's there's uh there's uncertainty you're about to change so much of your life and sometimes that, that inhibits. That's a huge obstacle for individuals. You really just have to take that leap of faith.
2: And, and it
5: clicks. There's a point that, that it's it, it, almost like a relationship with with a spouse. You know, you're dating. At a certain point, it clicks, and you know this is it. But it's always you have those butterflies in your stomach because it's a huge life decision. Right. And you just, it's the unknown. And the unknown of marrying Israel creates those butterflies. And I think what we try to do for individuals is give them the information, advice, and guidance to build the Ali confidence, to create that networking, so that it's less of a leap of faith, it's less of Nachshom <laughs> Adab jumping into the water, and it's it's uh, it's it's walking on pebbles and walking in in low tide, and 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 making the transition.
0: So you're Shadchanim with for people who may have commitment issues. It's a, it's a great.
5: It's, oh, thank you. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's another. Hey. No,
0: I mean that. No, I, mean it, that it, 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 I mean that in all seriousness. I mean that in all seriousness. you're you're demystifying and you're simplifying. What can otherwise be, it, it, as you said, is a huge step uh, as a person, for a family, whatever it is, and you are making it you are making it easier and you're making it less scary. And I think that that's huge.
2: Correct.
5: Um, Correct. If you were able to fast forward for families or for individuals and show them how they will be thriving and happy and satisfied and a few years into their aliyah, I would love to be able to do that. You know, because... You know, you see the butterflies, and you know the, the anxiety, and you know the steps that are going to be taken, but you also know how they're going to be settled in a couple of years. You know how the children are going to be thriving, and you just want to be able to show them that. So we try to, from examples, by examples, to connecting to buddies, and just to ex- express that and share that with them. And, uh yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Just I like to use kind
0: of... I like to use a lot of dating metaphors. I should have told you that before we started. It's a lot. You could have told me. I, have I know. I, have I know. I'm sorry. Uh, I was on. about to okay. say we could have done a flow chart. Um <laughs> how have the events, how have the mega events um grown in other uh in other cities? I know that I mean, as you mentioned before, you go everywhere from Toronto, Montreal, Florida, Baltimore, Washington, and New York. Have have each one Correct. of those grown exponentially like the one in New York?
5: Some of them, Florida is mid-200s to, to, you know, mid-200s is more than last year. Um, All of them are hovering around 200, Mark. Um, Even tonight, last night, we canceled the Baltimore because of the storm, which I'm not sure really hit. I was about to say,
0: (laughs) I I was about to say, you and everyone else canceled everything for the storm that wasn't. But anyway... (laughs)
5: Exactly. So tonight, for the first time ever, this is a lot of first times ever, we're doing two simultaneous megas. Half of oh. our staff is going to Washington, half of staff is going to Baltimore to make sure that uh, that we don't pass by Baltimore without giving them what they expected. And throughout this week, since we have so much staff here, we're doing a lot of parlor meetings throughout uh, the states as well. Some of them are staying, some of them came early and making sure that the smaller towns that don't have really the critical mass of hundreds of people making Aliyah from those states but have their 10s and 15s and 20s and 30s, and, and they need to have some face time so to make sure that throughout the year, and especially now when we're here with a full force, we're getting and connecting to them.
0: Is there any other way to make Aliyah? I'm not saying this as like, you know, to uh, throw one over the plate that's a complete home run. But seriously, practically, is there another way to make Aliyah anymore besides going through Nefesh Nefesh
5: No.
2: No, I'm
0: right. <laughs> the
5: only, the only way, the only way is that if you flew on your own from the states, went to Israel, and went to Ministry of the Inter- Ministry of Interior, knocked on their door and said, "Here's my task, but I would like to make aliyah," That's and then go through a process, <laughs> or go to the Jewish Agency in Israel because they they also advocate for the individuals for a Ministry of Interior. However, we also in Israel, we we have something called guided aliyah, which is which is basically helping individuals change their status for those who you mention, all those 18 or 20 or 25-year-olds who went on a one-year program or went on extended birthright program, and they want to stay. And believe it or not, the numbers are staggering. One of your crazy statistics?
2: I would love a crazy Every
5: statistic. single year, how many individuals do not fly from America and make alia? How many individuals change their status and become Israeli citizens? I can't, I can't speak about, you know, who goes to the Minister of Interior directly, but I can tell you how many we've handled from North America alone. Over 850 people. Wow. 850 people last year changed their status. Young individuals or young couples who extended their stay. Unreal. And they say, you know what? The idea has not. Let's change our status. And that's a huge, huge, um, uh, incredible way that's happening as well.
0: Wow. I am. Yeah. I. You've. You've done what few people have done, which has rendered me speechless. That's unbelievable. There's.
5: Yeah, and, and it's incredible to see who's making allianc. Because we we like to dissect and assess the statistics of it as well. I was just about to um, ask you that. Many... Well,
0: I was just about to ask you that. Who are these eight fifty?
5: Because we can learn a lot, and not only that. Usually we help around a thousand. Every last year was closer to a thousand. We had a hundred fifty Brits as well. In addition to the eight fifty. But from the A50, we're looking at the demographics because we can learn a lot of which programs are successful, Aliyah, you know, successful in the eyes of Aliyah, and what are they? Uh, what kind of denominational um, background are they coming from? And it's it's fascinating because it's a very different um, pie or group of individuals to dissect versus the individuals who are living in the states, who are making this move, or getting on a plane, saying goodbye to family, versus individuals who have been here. Or they came and they're extended and they've been touched by something in Israel and they just want to continue it. So uh, there's a lot of analysis and assessment of that group as well. I, I guess and uh, they, they're young. They're young. Right. The young individuals. Um, very different uh, denominational spread as well. And that's also something that's a misconception. Individuals feel that feel that maybe um, Aliyah is only Orthodox, but you know, denominational. Uh, but it's not. It's, it's, we, see, we see a tremendous spread and representation from all walks of jury, which is really, really incredible.
0: Well, I, um, so, I'm completely, I'm utterly completely blown away. I wish we had more time, but I do look forward that, uh, please God, this Sunday from the Mega Event, Nahum will be um, Nahum will be hosting two hours of live web programming from the Mega Event in Crown Plaza in Midtown Manhattan, and will be on. We from, can't wait. Yeah, that'll be on from 12 to we 2. Also, we, yeah. You'll be joining us, 12 correct?
5: 12 and, and I, I will join you. I'll be there. I hope we'll have some space, and I'll all these people coming. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, fly the, we'll fly the table. I can't wait to see them. And, uh, no, we'll, we, um, we're we going to bring some interesting individuals to the table as well for the interview, not only people who are flown, flying in from Israel, you know, representatives of the government as well, but uh, Olim and individuals who are sharing their, their dream of moving to Israel. Also, we'll love to launch on the radio on Sunday a couple of incredible national competitions and contests that we're about to launch on March 10th on Sunday, which will be really, really exciting.
0: Well, we can't wait. We can't wait. I wish you a a very safe and easy flight. I hope you have a similar flight to mine when we came back last week that I slept for nine hours, but that your legs don't Ah, swell up. I would love it. Rabbi, thanks so much. Sounds good. My pleasure. I look forward to seeing you Sunday. You've been listening to That's Life on the Nahum Segal Network. I am Mary Mel Wallach. Thank you for making us part of your day. We have a crazy rest of the day. Don't miss it right after this program at 3 o'clock. Something to talk about with Randy Wartelski, followed by an encore presentation of Rivka Abbey. And then starting at 5 p.m., live from Yeshiva University, it's our own Papa shot basketball contest coming to you. From both Ellie Hagler, start, I should say starting with Ellie Hagler as he hosts the OU's Jewish Reaction, followed by the Stun Show hosted by Daniel Gordon. These guys are like moths to a flame. You cannot get them to stay away from a competition. Somebody's gonna burn. Let's see what happens. We have all these Adorama gift cards to give out. I'd like to thank Adorama for co-sponsoring the event. We are looking forward to it. It will, okay. And uh, Remy is changing, uh, schedules on me here in terms of, uh, what we're playing to close the show with, followed by a two-hour extended supersized Thursday Night at Extravaganza, hosted by Nachum, also from Yeshiva University. We will be finishing our Papa Shot competition during the second hour, and we will have our half-court shot during the 22nd Annual Sarachek Tournament. Thank you again, Adorama. More than just a camera store, Adorama.com. Book of Life starts at 9 o'clock. All new presentation with Charlie Harari, followed by an hour of Jewish soul with Charlie Bernhout. Don't forget, Nachum will be joined tomorrow morning by Malcolm Holmline during our marathon. If you have not given already, don't wait or give early and give often, as my dad would say. AM.org, please. We are listener-sponsored. If we cease to exist, so many of these wonderful organizations like Nefesh Penefesh, Sinai, and multiple different organizations, including Hask, will not have plas- platforms to tell you all the things that they have going on. We need to continue all our support for WFMU. Don't miss Saturday Night Seagull, hosted by one and only Avrami, live here on the stream. This show will be rebroadcast uh, sometime next week, not between, not Sunday at its usual 1 p.m. scheduled, because we will be on from 12 to 2 from the Nefesh Benefesh Mega event. I would like to thank Rabbi Josh Fass from Nefesh Benefesh. I would like to thank um, our friends at Medieval Times and Tournament in Baltimore. Make sure to order your kosher food. Um, when you sign up and you buy your tickets and, uh, Ellie Hagler for joining me and for extending this competition a little further. I leave you today with, what am I playing? Chazak, uh, Chazak Amenu? Chazak Amenu off of Voices for Israel. We are looking forward to seeing, listening to everyone tonight. By the way, we'll be you streaming as well. Don't forget that. You stream as well. Um, yeah, that's about it for me today. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
2: Another siren wails Just an ordinary day Was it anyone I know How can life go on this way Hazak beneath Hazak We sing the words out loud To strengthen one another Together Standing proud We stand as one. Kazakhstan, We must be strong. Kazakhstan, we will go on. Yaseh shalom. Yaseh shalom. I've the a Hello, K.